Hey, we're back. Is this thing on? We're back. It's good to be back here on this Tuesday, November 16th. Happy birthday, by the way, to Katie Christensen Hunter. It's her birthday. And? Mark Jones. Mark Jones! And? Uh, Who am I missing, Chris? I don't know. I was hoping you'd come up with somebody. I do have one more. At what point do we not count half birthdays? When you turn four? Well, it's my half birthday. I half care. (laughs) You gave me a half a cake. Chris, by the way, is I still think responsible for maybe, eh, I don't know if it's the best card, but a top five birthday card you got me. And we haven't figured out what year it was, Chris, but it was probably eight or eight years ago or something. Oh, no, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, I'd say say five. Five years ago or something. And... Did you you wrote the the inside? It was it was a nice looking yes. regular birthday card. Oh, it's Pete Davidson's birthday. Is it really? It is. Wow. Um 30? 28. 27. Oof. That's the one you have to worry about. That birthday? Yeah. The 27th birthday. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. Uh, well. What's his name? What's her name? All their names. <laughs> Um, but you gave me a card on my birthday a few years back, and it was like a regular standard card, but inside. And I remember I found it in my office a while back, and I said, Chris, look at this. And it was something like, it started Roses Are Red. I believe it was. Roses Are Red, Candles Are Blue? Roses Are Red, Candles Have Wicks. Oh, candles Have Wicks. You don't look a day over 66. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, classic Chris. And you read it, and I laughed. You forgot that you wrote I it. I forgot I wrote it. And then I read it to you. I go, this is exactly the card, the inside that you gave me years ago. And then you, you enjoyed it as much the second time. <laughs> they enjoyed it more. I think you did. So happy birthday, anyway, to all those uh, wonderful folks today. Uh, we've got a good show for you today. We've got three hours here, which feels like we've been off for a couple days, and we have. But we are back at it. We're going to go a lot, of course, over the Sacramento Kings game last night. Uh, the Niners, man, how good did they look last night and much needed. We will get into that. We will have our NFL top five, bottom five. Now that we finished another week of NFL action, Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. His weekly visit normally is a Wednesday, but tomorrow with the Kings game, we've moved him up to Tuesday. He's going to join us at five at four thirty. Luke, the head coach of your Sacramento Kings, Luke Walton. We'll stop by. We will visit with him at 4.30. We've got the crossover to wrap up the show. And, 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 and today. Lots of goodies. We're in the giving mood. We are going to have Kings tickets to give away. That's going to come up uh, probably after our interview with Coach Walton around 4.30 or so. We have Causeway Classic football family four-packs and Causeway Classic basketball. UC Davis Sac State played this Saturday in one of the biggest causeways ever. And then next Tuesday, they play each other in another Causeway Classic in basketball. So we've got lots of giveaways between now and 6 o'clock. So all that is set out there. We do thank you. We're back here on YouTube. Thank you for everyone joining us there, uh, certainly over smart speakers, over the app, over the radio, however you take place, uh, take part in the show. We do thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, let's do it. Let's start you out right away, right off the top with First Things First. First Things First. Close, things close. It's Halliburton for the Kings. 
They forced the turnover. Lead pass goes to the baseline corner. Buddy Heald, he's got a triple. And the Kings on a big run in the Motor City. They're hitting on all cylinders. They're driving a V12 Ferrari in this one. It's 42 to 16. The Kings will put the ball in play, and the final 2.3 seconds will quickly go away. And Sacramento has broken the four-game slide, and they've done it with a convincing road win in Detroit tonight, 129 to 107. After losing for eight of the last 11 trips to the state of Michigan, Kings happy to get this win for a number of reasons. Yeah, it goes without saying that the Kings needed a W. They had lost four in a row. They were not playing well in the four games. And last time I was on the air and talking with you guys about the team, it was making me feel like a lot of my early evaluations on this team were just wrong, just flat out wrong. I was, as I told you, a big believer in the way they've brought a lot of the pieces back, the continuity, even identifying the right players to play based on their talent, based on the guards they're going to play, based on the rest of the West. I had them at 44 wins or more, to be honest. I thought they would be a playoff team. And then you lose a game. Okay, no big deal. I didn't really love the uh, Pacers' loss, but had their chances. Where we had said, like, look, you have a chance in all these games. Then they had just the brutal Phoenix third quarter. And you go, well, let's also remember Phoenix – was in the finals last year and two wins away from a parade. That's a really good basketball team. And, oh, by the way, it hasn't lost since Harrison Barnes hit that game winner in Phoenix. But still, that's two in a row. Now, the most important thing, you're going on a favorable road trip as far as how it's laid out, as far as who's your play, who they're playing. This is an opportunity to get some production done, to get back into what you think you are, what I thought they were, and go to work. And I thought they had their worst game by far from start to finish with San Antonio. Just never had a chance to win. Got completely outplayed from the get-go. And then, okay, you can almost rationalize all of that. Then you get to the OKC game and you say, all right, you've been hit in the face. You're kind of the team in the corner. You got to come out and play well. And they built an 18-point lead on OKC. These were all encouraging things until they weren't. And then they blew that game and lost that game. And that was the one that hurt your feelings. Like that one was a bad loss. So yesterday became, no matter what happens, you have to win. If it's by one where you kick one in at the buzzer, or if it's by 100, you have to win yesterday. And they did. I mean, that run in the first quarter was so massive. Detroit, I think, made four of their first five shots, missed like 17 of their next 18 and the Kings had that run that carried over from the first quarter into the second quarter. And besides building a huge lead, never were really in jeopardy of losing the game. And they got down to 18, then boom, back up to 30. In fact, had their largest lead of the season. Uh, shot over 50% for the fourth time. Had great balance, six players in double figures. Season best in assists. Perfect. That's And then the, the if the argument is, oh, it's just Detroit, that didn't matter. That didn't matter. They had to get a win. And you like when they play well in the win. And we're going to talk more about that with Coach Luke Walton when he joins us at 430. But I just think it was it was paramount for them to win, to get that feeling again. And the oddity of just what I had said prior to uh, really the Kings losing streak, I would say, I felt so firmly about the bottom five in the West that the Kings could be a top 10 team almost by default. Now, that's not going to be the case. You have to still earn it and play closer to 500 basketball. But between Oklahoma City, Minnesota, 
San Antonio, Houston, and New Orleans, who, by the way, New Orleans gets news that uh, Zion Williamson will start to begin some contact practicing. So he's getting closer, but they're 2-13. and 13. You get the Rockets at 1-13. and 13. You feel like those two are almost completely out. Spurs, who beat the Kings, I mean, they're 4-9. I don't think that's a great team. Timberwolves now 4-9 and nine after their loss last night, and the Kings play them tomorrow. And then it's OKC, who's 5-8. and eight. All those teams, with the exception of the Spurs, are negative in the point differential. So more times than not, they get beaten handily. The Kings are one of the few teams um, in that next group of 7-10 through 10 that's actually in the positive in point differential. Last night helped, and all the games that they lose, with the exception of the Spurs, have been close. So I think there's more to the team. I feel like their record should be a little bit better than 6-8. and eight. But with all that said, there was a lot of doubt. And last night didn't erase all of that. Like, oh, good, they've got it figured out. Because you lose tomorrow, you're 1-3, and three, and whatever the hot seat rumors about Luke Walton, how valid those are, are they valid, or how vulnerable, how shaky is his job security? And I would say this way, put it this way, I think that the Sacramento Kings and their coach, Luke Walton, began the year on the hot seat. And two nine-game losing streaks last year, I don't think is happening this year. If you lose nine, I, I don't think he makes it through it. But was it last night? If they lost, was he gone? Is it the next game? I don't know how fragile it is. I think just the blanket statement is, how are they looking? And I think through 14, I think more. there's been more good than bad. I know the record's below 500, but some of the losses have been okay. Some have not. If it kept going down the road of the Spurs game, a heartbreaker, a loss to Detroit. I mean, these are... That that's adding up too much. And just win, one win redirects it. Doesn't save it. It redirects it. But I think barring any kind of monumental collapse, the players all seem to love him, and that's not why you do things, but that should be a factor. And if you're looking at them and you think, here, here's the irony, I guess I should say, because I have seen, and I try to do my best to honestly stay away from social media more and more, but it's hard not to. I certainly see it. I don't comment a lot on it. But... I commented on it. <laughs> That's okay. Here's what I have a, a, I don't know. I have so many problems with social media, Chris, but where you, I end up talking myself into a circle of the people that will say just a blanket statement. The Kings stink. They suck. It's fine. That That's your opinion. That's what you believe. Then why would it bother you if they lose to OKC? If they lose to, then you're that team. You're, you must think more of them. If you're like, how do you lose to the Spurs? Well, are they a bad team or are they a good team in your mind? If you think they're bad, you don't want them to lose to the Spurs. You're the Spurs. You're the Pistons. You're the pick your – who else down there? Orlando, Houston, you're New Orleans. But if you have a higher opinion of the team, then you should be mad. It seems like the people want – you can't have both of those arguments. You're forgetting about the fan that's worse than that fan. What's that? The fan that wants the coach fired and is mad when they lose. Because it slows down that process. No, they're mad that they lose because they should have won the game. Oh, right. This, I got you. I got you because they're arguing this. Wait, which one do you Boy, want? You want the person gone. Yeah. But you want them to have a four-game winning streak? What are you <laughs> right. talking about? Right. It's that's. So my belief, I'll stick with, I can only speak for what I believe. I do think this is a, um, I don't, I don't want to go good team, but I think their roster construction is good enough to get him in the top 10. And I hope that's not a top 10 by mercy because the bottom five are that bad and they're 35 and whatever that would be, 47. But if they're 44 and 38, like I think they might be, and that's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, somewhere in that range, you deserve to be there. 
Long way to go. They've played 14 games. They've had some easy games. They've had some hard ones. I think for the most part, the other stat that we had in the pregame that I, I was a little bit surprised at, the Kings have played the most games that have been decided by five points or less with five minutes to go. The bad part about that is their record is three and seven, and they had lost, I think, five of those in a row. So I'm not saying, you know, you flip those around. Certainly the record would be different. They deserve to be in some of those situations. Yesterday they avoided that. They played a fairly clean game. It's the second game they've started Chemezi Metu. We got some minutes for Marvin Bagley, which we're going to talk about more as the show goes along. But again, I'm a firm believer that that bottom five has almost established itself, and I think the Kings need to do their job to just kind of stay away from that group. That's why even if I could switch one game here, it would either be the Spurs or the Thunder. One, probably the Thunder because they're the closer team right now. If you could somehow switch that right now with a win and hold on because that's a the game they were up by 18, you'd be 7-7, seven and seven, you'd be tied for 8th, and OKC would be, what, 4-9, and nine, and that whole group would be about three games behind you. And it felt like this game was like the first prototype game that you wanted from the Kings of starting five, solid. All the way through. Well done. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heald coming off the bench. Sniper. Killing it from the three, and then just... And no let up. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really well done, and if your answer is it's just Detroit, that's fine. But that's also a good thing. How many teams? Kings included. Oh, it's just San Antonio. It's just OKC. They lost both those games. You you didn't want to have another loss like that or, frankly, a close game. And I think they took their spirit away. Their best player is Jeremy Grant. Non-factor. Now, Cade Cunningham had a good game. Uh, Sadiq Bey had a good game. These are all professionals, but they took their best player away. I think that's a good sign. Uh, Whatever this Fox-Halliburton tandem, I don't know that they can play together. They're fine. They're fine. And De'Aaron, by the way, Start looking at his stats the last five games, six games. It's getting much, much better for De'Aaron Fox. So it's funny how when you're on, when you play good defense and you're able to get out in transition. What it looks like? What it looks like. Yeah, here's De'Aaron's last seven. 22 points a game. Almost six assists. The most important part for De'Aaron right now is his efficiency. His shooting percentage at 46th. From three, it's 34. And the free throw line, 79. Better. Much better. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm going to go with I still maintain if Darren De'Aaron lives in that 18 to 23-point range but is big in the critical moments and the rest of the group contributes, that's the best version of the Kings. That is. So a win last night. They get another opportunity tomorrow. And talk about a swing, right? You win, you come home. All right, I think I'll argue on Thursday about a 2-2 two and two road trip, feeling like you probably should have had more. But you'll take it anytime on the road. I'm going to take the people with all this experience, the G-Man, Henry Turner, Doug Christie that have played. You always want more. Everybody wants more. But if you go on the road in the NBA and you consistently come home on road trips at 500, you're going to be okay. And this was, I would agree, is the one of the easier ones they're going to have. You want more. You want that greed. But if it doesn't go your way tomorrow and it's a one and three, back to the head scratching going, man, what's going on with this team so tomorrow feels like a a swing game for the feel of the team before coming home for yet another tough stretch but that's the nba uh for you so uh more on that certainly coming up at the bottom of the hour and throughout the show and as we said coach walton joining us he will uh join us at 4 30 more first things first first things first stanford throws a quick one out and it is dropped it is intercepted by jimmy ward going back the other way 
Francisco! Wow. Talk about not seeing one coming. I didn't see this coming. And I had forgotten that the recipe and the remedy for the 49ers is the Rams. Why? I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. Last home win over a year ago, the Rams. Yesterday, with all the things pointing for the Rams, all the things pointing against the 49ers, of course, the 49ers come in there and just dominate. Absolutely dominate the game. And 31-10, to 10, and just look good. Looked really, really good in the process. And talk about changing your feeling on a team, your your opinion, where they're going. Still below 500, still just one and four at home. But you go, all right, I think I just saw the best version of this team. Well, that looks different. And in the NFL right now, and this is something I think I'm going to ask Chris Landry today. The league, what, you, probably all of you listening play fantasy football gamble on these games, do parlays, individual picks, survivor pools, whatever it may be. If I were to give you all of you out there, if you had this ability, we could do this. And this would actually be really interesting to see what answers we came up with. And Chris, I guess I'll ask you this question first. I give you $100 to bet on the NFC team to get to the Super Bowl and $100 to bet on a team for the AFC to get to the Super Bowl today, right now. Who are you picking? And I think that answer would change with a lot of like, oh, it's the Bills, it's the Ravens, it's the Cowboys, it's the pa- like, it's the Chiefs. I, I would have said two weeks ago. I don't. What are you talking about? What's wrong with that? Right now they're pretty hot. They still have a great quarterback. Is that what you would do? Probably AFC Chiefs. Which I mean, you you like them and you're attached to Mahomes, but that's fine. And say Chiefs Cowboys. Okay, and they play each other this week, which is great. Ooh. But I bet if we asked a lot of you out there, different answer. And. The whole thing about I'm guessing there's a lot of people out there calling me an idiot. But who's going to be the idiot in February <laughs> when Chris spends his fake $100 on the Chiefs and 100 on the Cowboys? When you just get in the tournament, and if the Niners can get in the tournament and play like that, yeah, they can do it. I wouldn't pick them today. Um, they are a team that has a lot of ability, played it. Well, like I've said about this team more and more times why I watch them if they can play it on their terms they are tough to beat it was on their terms they were ahead they ran the ball that's in their DNA that's what Kyle Shanahan wants to do and then Jimmy looked great he made the right plays Debo Samuels having an incredible year it's great to have Kittle back defense made plays they turned Stafford over um they got behind the crowd and calling fourth down I mean it feels like there's nothing better to me watching them then Kyle Shanahan beating Sean McPhee. I feel like he loves that. Absolutely loves that. And they were great. They deserved to win. They were the better team yesterday. And the Rams are stacked. They're loaded. I still think they're a team to watch out for. But it shows you not only the NFL this year, you know, Tampa's the reigning champs, and at times they've looked so good. They've lost two in a row. Uh, Baltimore, a team that in weeks has looked great. They lose to the Dolphins this week. Um you know, teams getting hot at the right time. We mentioned the Chiefs hot right now. The Patriots are hot right now. The Titans, oh, they're done. They're done when they lose Derrick Henry. Here they go, winning again, six in a row, beating the Saints, beating the Rams the last two weeks. So it's it's a fun watch. The NFL is always just necessary watch because you just don't know what's going to happen. And as much as I would have thought, oh, no, the, the Niners aren't beating the Rams. And if we even go back to two weeks ago, when the 49ers got what felt like a critical 
season redirect, season saving, like whatever was going on, they needed to beat the Bears, and they did. And then they looked at the next two weeks and said, look, it's the Cardinals and the Rams. You don't have to win both, but you likely have to get one. And the first opportunity was the Cardinals, and then you find out Hopkins is out, and you find out Kyler Murray is out, and bleh. They were terrible. Their worst game of the year. So now you have to come home off of that game and beat the Rams? Good luck. And they did just that. They were great. They were absolutely great. And so the critical thing now is adding on. Can you keep it going? You've got Jacksonville this week. You've got to keep this going. Get to 500, start to get belief, get people healthier, get your DNA of what you do and what you do well and keep going forward on it. But that was big. That was really, really big yesterday, and we're going to talk more about that, certainly with Chris Landry and uh, more at four about uh, how the best of the 49ers showed up yesterday. And I think that was nice to see. Much needed for, for everybody. Let's put it that way. All right, more first things first. First things first. First things first. First. All right, we're going to transition quickly here to baseball because there is some baseball news here today. Um, yesterday, the awards were announced for Major League Baseball. Some of them. There's going to be more over the coming days here. And, you know, this is always a tough thing where a lot of times during the year in all these sports, there'll be debates. Who's the NFL MVP? Who's the NBA, NBA MVP? All this kind of thing all the time. And then you wait till the year, and sometimes there's now these postseason shows and all that hype, and, oh, it's just an announcement, and you kind of – I personally say I forget about it. But um, – you had some news yesterday with the rookies of the year, and congratulations certainly in store for uh, Jonathan India, who was the winning uh, National League Rookie of the Year, and you had Randy Orozarena, who was the AL Rookie of the Year. Today, they're going to announce Manager of the Year, and that's going to be coming up, and by all accounts, I mean, it sure looks like a... It, I think Scott Service has a really good chance in the American League, and if it's not Gabe Kapler... In the National League, I don't know what happened. How was it not going to be Gabe Kapler? But Giants had a dream season. He was a huge part of it. Uh, that'll be officially announced today, but I think those guys are the ones that are going to end up uh, getting the nod of the latest awards. All right, more. One last thing here on First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. first. All right, also today, Major League Baseball had a couple of signings that came in, and uh, one that was pretty healthy and extensive is the as Jose Barrios has reached an agreement on a seven-year, $131 million extension with the Toronto Blue Jays as he was acquired at the deadline from the Twins. He went 5-4 and four in that stretch run. He's just 27, had a good season. He's been pretty consistent, has been healthy, and a guy that can give you starts and innings. And the Blue Jays had a good year, and they hope that having him in the mix for the years to come will be uh, kind of what they need. The other one, I think, got a lot of attention out of surprise. The Angels, what have they done over the last couple of years? Years ago, signing Albert Pujols, drafting Trout, Rendon, and other bats. I mean, they just keep getting this killer lineup. They have zero pitching, always. So today, the reports are that right-hander Noah Syndergaard and the Angels have agreed on a one-year, $21 million deal. He, of course, has spent his time with the Mets. He made an all-star team there, but he only pitched two innings since 2019 because of Tommy John surgery. So this is a huge risk, and they're hoping this cost that's so large and hefty will produce a payout for them as a team that has been missing on pitching. And I don't know. This is a risk that might be worth it, but Noah Syndergaard, one-year, $21 million deal to pitch 
for the Angels. All right, so you're caught up on all things there. First things first, as we said on the show today, we're going to have three sets of giveaways, your chance to win Kings tickets for the Kings and Blazers next week, as we'll have a trivia question coming your way after Coach Walton around 445 or so. Also throughout the show, Causeway Classic Hoops giveaway and Causeway Classic Football. What a game it's going to be this weekend. So looking forward to that. We'll have a giveaway for those as well. When we come back, though, much more on this Sacramento Kings victory yesterday on a much-needed win by the Kings. But how needed was it? We'll get into that when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Rebound chased by Chemezi. Grabs it, throws it ahead to Tyree. Sets up the alley-oop. Wham! Throw down big time. Chemezi meant to chase that time to the rim, but they could not stop him. Frank Jackson in the game. Blocked by Tristan Thompson. Lead out pass to Tyree Saliburton. He looks for the cutter. Here comes Harrison Barnes with a two-hand flush. The Black Falcons soaring to the rim. And the Kings lead at 55-34. Pass it off to Jeremy Grant. Has the ball ripped out of his hands by De'Aaron Fox. Active hands. Fox going end to end. Euro steps around a defender. He scores the basket and he's fouled a three-point opportunity for De'Aaron Fox. Kings will put the ball in play and the final 2.3 seconds will quickly go away and Sacramento has broken the four-game slide and they've done it with a convincing road win in Detroit tonight 129 to 107. After losing for eight of the last 11 trips to the state of Michigan, Kings happy to get this win for a number of reasons. Take my Much needed win, as we said. G-Man on the call yesterday. He'll be back on the call tomorrow for the Kings and the Timberwolves as uh, Minnesota had a tough loss yesterday. They were looking good against Phoenix ultimately to lose that one late. But the Kings needed it. Stop the losing streak at four. They get back in the win column. They uh, dominate the Pistons really from start to finish. And so that was ideal. And it was good that they got that. One hour from now, we are going to visit with the head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton, as he will join us for his weekly visit. Hey, right now it's time to get a new mattress. Shop local at Sleep First. All right, so more on the game last night. And when I keep saying the statement, this was a much-needed win, but how much? How how dangerous was the quote-unquote hot seat for Luke Walton? I don't know the answer to that. I can only speculate and think of what I've known and what I see and what I believe is out there. So if we go to the off season, the Kings, when Monty McNair came in here, he did not hire, as you all know, did not hire Luke Walton by all accounts, by everything I've seen and heard and witnessed. It looks like Luke has is one of his best strengths by far is his ability to communicate and relate with people and his players. They all seem to like him for an office from what I've heard is liked him. I mean, What does everybody interior? I don't know that answer, but in a general statement, more people like Luke Walton. They just do. I like him. I like what I talk. I I like what he says. Of course, they want the team to win more. Everybody wants all that. Let's let's put all that aside. But I really do like him. And I think when Doug was here with me uh, the last you know year or so, and before he took his position on the team, he would say, you know, I want to really hear what Luke has to say today. And then he'd finish. He goes, Well, Luke's saying the right things. What I'm seeing and so, I mean, that just gives me even more validation of, of what he's saying. Now, got to get the players to do it. And there's, you know, sometimes I think there there's really should be more of this on the players, but the coaches are the one that, that takes the hit. I mean, that coaches get hired to get fired. That's the reality. The, the great Popoviches are 
is rare. Name of, there's no one really else in that spot anymore in this league. Uh, Spolster's been at Miami a long time, but that's it. A lot of these coaches recycle and come around. The Bucks at one point last year, it seemed like they were going to fire Coach Bud. Sure did. He won a title. People have been named Coach of the Year and then are gone off their roster. So, anyway, all that being said, you know, reading Sam Amick's piece, and Sam's on the station. He's on with Dave every Thursday, and Sam's great. He's a great reporter, great at what he does. If you think about it, it was, what, just a couple of weeks ago, I think there was a piece that Sam had in The Athletic talking about the front office of the Kings and how pleased they were with with the progress that the team was making, that Coach Walton and the bond and all that stuff that, you know, could see him maybe being a coach longer term. And then it's two weeks later, and I'm not saying his sources are wrong. I just don't know, reading even yesterday's piece, like if this slide continues in peril, you know, is his job in peril? It was just not uh, hard and fast. They have to win this game or he's gone. And I don't know. Maybe it was that drastic. I don't believe it was. But I, I do believe kind of the losing streaks of nine that they had last year, that wouldn't be tolerated again. Four was a lot. They stopped it at four. If they lose tomorrow, should they do it? If they lose – like, what what's going on? How fragile is this situation? And to me, my opinion, I think they're better off right now trying to make this work than doing another coaching change. Want to hear something interesting? What's that? Where do you think Luke Walton is in longest tenured coaches in the NBA? Oh, wow. Um, Top third? Tenth. Yeah, top third. He's tenth longest tenured right tenth now? Tenth longest tenured. So let me do a quick, well, Spolstra, Popovich. Um, gosh, Coach Bud, I think, in Milwaukee. Seventh. Um. I would have said Carlisle, but he's changed teams. He had that long tenure. Portland's changed. My goodness. Now I have to start looking at – oh, Kerr. Three. Um, man. Wait, did Monty start at the same time? Yeah, he's 11th. Okay. Oh, because techn- – oh, Malone. Fifth. Um, so you got one, two, three, and five. Utah. Snyder? Yep. Number four. So you got the top five. Top five. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of turnover. Kings have been what's, more than guilty on what's that. What's crazy is, is Pop, December 1996, Spolstra, April 2008, and then it goes Kerr, May 2014, and then it <laughs> goes after that. That's crazy. Yeah, how quickly it changes. Um, so let's hear from the coach himself about just where things are right now and what they're trying to do. No, it's good to get it. Um, again, the same message I give our players. It's all about building. It's building for the future. Keep building. Even the Oklahoma City game, we're like we're mad we lost the game 100%. But we have built an 18-point lead up halfway through the third. So, like, we're doing good things. Um, but we're not there yet. We're not a team that just consistently gets it done. And that's something that takes time and experience and work and work and work. Uh, tonight, we did a much better job of building a lead and then holding a lead. So uh, it, it definitely feels good to get the win. But more importantly, uh, I thought we got better tonight. We took another step forward in, in the direction we're trying to go. All right. So that's a coach after the game. Tyrese Halliburton was asked about, you know, are the players playing for him? That kind of thing. Here's Tyrese talking about really having the coaches back. Yeah, I mean, it's our, it's our coach. So, um, you know, we're coming out here, you know, playing for each other. Uh, you know, all as one team, you know, and he's, you know, the coach leader of our team. So, uh, you know, he, 
we got his back, um, you know, just like he's got ours. Um, so, you know, I don't, I, when you say, where, where are you at? I mean, it's my, it's my coach. We have a good relationship, uh, get along well. So, you know, I got his back. All right. So there's a player coach comment. Yeah. I mean, again, nobody should feel bulletproof or, you know, not vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. Could coach Walton be let go at some point? Sure. I don't think it made sense now. I personally don't. The season's still in its early part. I think if you were to do it, it would have made a lot more sense in the offseason. But when you got Monty McNair validating you and basically coming out and saying, no, I believe in Luke, I believe in what he's done, and I believe in what we're building, and for the most part, you've come back with the same team, a few tweaks here and there on the edges, but it's now on player development, so you believe this coaching staff is going to develop the players that you have. I think you got to ride that out a little bit. And... There's plenty of people, back to the social media uh, conversation we had earlier, that want Coach gone. I I get it. I I just, this has been an exercise that the Kings have done, and they've made mistakes. You can't undo them. I think we all would say that the biggest one that they made was was Coach Malone. They did it. That was a mistake. They they blundered that. But after that, it feels like they're chasing their tail constantly to me by removing coaches. Now, if if the losing streak gets so out of hand and it looks like they don't belong. Like I don't look at this team and think the same old Kings. I don't, I realize some of you do. I just don't, I don't see it that way. And if every loss that you, not every loss can be same old Kings because they're going to lose games, but some of them can be, I would say More times than not, though, this year they haven't looked like whatever that label is to most people. I know that's a generalization because I don't even know how you quantify that. If you just say, well, they haven't made the playoffs in 15 years every time they lose, same old Kings. Well, then factually, sure. But every time they win, then then that wouldn't be the same old Kings. I know we're getting semantics and talking about this. I just don't think we're seeing the same thing that we had seen years before. There have been flashbacks. There have been. But not full on. Right. And as that stri- – like last night would have added on to it, and then you would have felt like, okay, they're going down a really awful path. But they didn't have – they won. They dominated the game, and now they got to keep adding on again. The bad thing is, as I think I told you this during the broadcast, is as Kings fans, we feel so broken that we just want to say like, oh, they're the same old Kings before they actually show it mm-hmm. so that our hearts don't get broken yeah. again. Well, same thing yesterday. We're talking like – I don't know what – at what point the league got so large. We're like, well, do we feel safe? It's like, well, I did, but you know, like, it, one, it's the NBA, two, this team just two nights pr- or three nights prior blew an 18-point lead. This lead was a lot larger and I think, honestly, a lesser team. And from 26, it got down to 18. It's like, oh, boy, here we go. And then before you know it, it's back up to 30. And, and they did a good job. They got a win that they needed. And I don't think that was – here's the other way I'll put this. This – I wouldn't do it this way. But if there truly is conversation that a job is that fragile, then do it. Like, if your thought is, oh, uh, he's got to win this game to keep his job, like, that that shouldn't be the way anybody coaches. If you're already going down that line and there's serious conversations internally, if that's really happening, then I think you do it. But I don't think those conversations are – are. I don't. I'm I'm not saying, you know, that this information is incorrect. What I am saying is – I think that would go for a lot of coaches. If they continue to lose and have some bad things go their way, every coach's job is in jeopardy. But just in general, it can't be a loss to Minnesota tomorrow and ends all the, the good of Detroit. And he's got, like, it, it, you can't do it that way. And I think in the middle of a season or early part, are you thinking you're going to get the same kind of fortune that a team like Atlanta did last year for moving on 
from Coach Pierce to Nate McMillan, and then boom, like it just completely turned around. Usually that doesn't happen. Usually. So, anyway, it was most important that they got the win. They did that. We'll come back. When we come back, we got to talk more about the game last night as well, including was there something behind the minutes for Marvin Bagley last night? We'll discuss that next on KHDK. Above the iron on the successful lob from De'Aaron Fox. Boy, that'll help your confidence. It's nice to see a little bit of a smile crossing the face there of Marvin Bagley. Here's a wide open Marvin Bagley. He'll try for three, and he scores the triple. Well done, Marvin. Boy, it's got to feel good for him to get some time off the pine. It was interesting to see Marvin Bagley get that time yesterday. More on that coming up here in a moment. As we could tell you, Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Also, before we get to that news, it is official. Congratulations to Gabe Kapler. No surprise here. After leading the Giants to a franchise record, 107 wins. Kapler was just named National League Manager of the Year. Easy choice, right choice, and what a year for him. Mr. Kater. Mr. Kapler. Ooh, ooh. Uh, did you watch that show? No. I was going to say, I had to be before your time. Was... The only reference I have to it is Saturday Night Live making fun of it. Okay. Great theme song. Great show. I, well, I haven't seen it. I wonder if it holds up, but it was it was fun. No, it's weird, like, the stuff that you could remember. For some reason, I remember the show, um, something of the cla- head, head of the, of the class. class. Yeah, I like that show, too. And the only episode I kind of remember is when they went to Russia Mm-hmm. And that I have no idea what the show was or or how it worked. I just remember that those group of people went to Russia. Yeah, with the cl- I remember that. I don't know if it was a for the season or an episode. I think it was just an episode. But yeah, that was pretty extensive. I, I guess. don't know why that's a that's <laughs> like a just ingrained in my head. Yeah. Uh, so again, congratulations to Gabe Kapler for winning that for uh, the Giants and the National League Manager of the Year. All right, so Marvin, let's get back into that. Marvin Bagley. Did play yesterday, and, you know, last week was the controversy. Did Marvin get asked to go in the game and not go in? And um, as I said last week, if that was the case, and I believe the reporting to be true, inexcusable. Can't have that. You just can't have that. And I agree that that needs to be kept in-house, but we now know now publicly. And I was saying, you know what, they better play Marvin on the road before they get home because that would be the rare situation if he hadn't played and Marvin gets asked to go in a game and he goes in, even when Scott Moak, you know, and welcome back on the floor, number 35. Mar- I think people boo. I think they would have. They still might. I don't think if there's a bigger turnoff than to this community, and probably a lot of them, to be representing this team and community and not work hard or be asked to do something and you say no. Just a turnoff and you can't have it happen. So yesterday, Marvin gets in. And Marvin plays nearly 20 minutes. We had heard after that Marvin Bagley non-appearance that out there, I think it was Mark Stein, had said, yeah, there is interest in Marvin Bagley. Maybe one team to watch is Detroit. Huh. And then the Sacramento Kings played the Detroit Pistons yesterday. And I think it made sense to play Marvin. The antenna goes up not only because Marvin got opportunity. Marvin played 18 minutes. He was fine. Three of nine. 
uh, seven points, three boards, a block, turnover. But who didn't play? Mo Harkless, Alex Len, Terrence Davis. Three guys that Harkless has been starting. Terrence Davis started a game. Alex Len's been playing a ton. Now, Detroit didn't have the, the big, big, big center problem that Alex Len can help erase. But Mo Harkless allegedly has not been feeling well. At least that's been some of the reports out there, but didn't even play. And they've moved Chemezi Metu in the starting lineup for the last couple of games. And, you know, for Chemezi's uh, sense, he's given what Luke Walton wanted, which his phrasing was, we need rebounding. The irony of all that to me is one of the skills that Marvin does and can provide is rebounding. But the win there must be not only do you get rebounding from Chemezi, you get maybe a little bit more of a paint presence of more physical player. And he stretches the floor with consistently making three pointers. He'll take them for sure. He made two yesterday, took six. I think he took even more against the Spurs, but he got you 16 and 10. Now, if you give Marvin 32 minutes, I think you get close to the same numbers, but it's a different feel. And whether that's missed assignments defensively, uh, poor spacing, and there was a break yesterday that Marvin got it on the break, and he's got the skill to go coast to coast, but he was going, and it was as about predictable as could be when he crossed half court that he was going all the way. And Luca Garza just got in the paint, waited for him, bang, took the charge, we're going the other way. Like, Get rid of the ball, Marvin. It'll come right back to you. A guard is going to want to lob it to you for that highlight dunk. So it's interesting to me, one, that Marvin played, whether that's a showcase or not. Which I, is what Halliburton did with Metu uh, Exactly, in the game. <laughs> exactly. And Fox and Halliburton had, what, uh, eight, 19 assists between them? They'll give it back. And if not, it's because they're open because of your pass and they're honoring you. Like, you're going to get the two points somewhere. That's what you want. The last thing is a charge, basically from dribbling from half court. So, it's weird that I have no problem with him changing the starting lineup. None, to be honest, with Metu. Because Harkless is more of a glue guy, does a lot of different things, but is not hitting the three enough and defends well. But you just want a little bit more from him. And if you're getting that right now from Metu, and the main siding of it, the main reasoning behind it, was rebounding. That's what Marvin can do, and yet he's still not getting that opportunity. So, um it's interesting where he is. It feels like yesterday was a chance to play him in front of the Detroit people. And if there really is a deal down the line, okay. I don't think you're going to get a lot for Marvin Bagley. And maybe for everybody's sake, that's the best scenario. I just can't imagine a scenario where it comes back to fruition here. And the other part, by the way, that makes sense on the King side of things, to not do anything with Marvin or anything until December 15th, that's when more of the pool is available for trades. People that just got added to teams and signed with teams can be traded after December 15th. So open it up to everybody, see who's really interested, see what you can get, if anything. And if that's what you want to do, you could see still a need for this team at that 3-4 wing depth. You know, there's not a perfect player to fill it, probably certainly not for what you could get for Bagley, but maybe just another Another option instead of so many bigs of Damian Jones and Len and Bagley and Thompson off your bench, maybe moving that for one more 3-4 type player. All right, so we'll get more of the NBA coming up in our next half hour, next hour when Luke Walton joins us at 4.30. When we come back, we're going to jump into the NFL and talk about what we saw yesterday. The best of the 49ers showed up yesterday 
in Santa Clara. But as we go to break, your chance right now at 1-800-920-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Call that number now to win a four-pack of tickets to see the Sacramento State Hornets take on UC Davis Aggies in basketball, the causeway of basketball. That's at Golden One Center Tuesday, November 23rd, next Tuesday. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. Again, 1-800-920-1140. Call in now. Caller number three, like a three-pointer. You guys will win the family four-pack of tickets. Uh, your chance right now. All right, second hour is next. The best of the 49ers showed up in Santa Clara. We'll talk about that when we come back here on KHDK.